0: Hello, everybody welcome back it's Dr. Sophie to our weekly podcast hope everyone is doing well and learning as we go last week we had a very interesting topic we talked about talking with your children and some of the things that we learned and I'd like you to take away from that are the common mistakes that we typically do as parents or adults talking to our children also really key ways to be precise and to be clear about what it is that you want to say to your children and what kind of outcome you want from that and how to be clear on it before you even begin that dialogue. Also, how important it is that your children know that you are listening and hearing them, not one or the other, and then really being able to secure a solid dynamic that you feel you're comfortable with to communicate with your child because that will become the template with which you dictate talk to interact and communicate with your child so really mastering a better way to communicate so that just is the way and the model that you use every time you always listen while you're hearing you're always empathetic and you're always connected and i think if you really listen to the podcast you'll get those elements that you need to build your template and that just becomes the groove that you and your child are in so that you have better and more effective communication And as you know, all podcasts are on my website and on iTunes at www.drsophie.com. So this week, we are going to just really focus on current events and ways to cope through a natural disaster because I think we really need to review some of these things, and we need to look at some of the stuff that's been happening in the news because it's very, very important that we look at these things and try to learn from them. So that's what we're going to do this week. Come on back, One eight five five sophie now or one eight five five seven six seven four nine six six. 767 4966 Again, one 767 4966 Give us your thoughts, give us your ideas, some of your questions, emails, voicemails, whatever it is, we'll get back to you. So come on back welcome back we are at this week's podcast talking about current events natural disasters and with me is my producer doug who's going to have a dialogue with me and ask me some questions and we're going to talk about some of these current events that we really need to take a look at because there are some cer- clearly serious issues that we need to take a look at and learn from welcome douglas
1: thank you dr sophie um, i think we need to start with tropical storm sandy which is really dominated the news for the past week, so far the death toll has reached 95, um, 48 in New York, 40 in the city, um, 69 in the Caribbean before it actually got to the uh, Northeast. Uh, an evacuation was was ordered by by the governor of of New Jersey, Governor Christie. Right. I know people want to think that it's not going to be as big as it, it's projected as being, or or they can get through it. What do people need to take when
0: when something this serious an evacuation order is given? Well, I mean I think in in hindsight you got 2020 20 vision. But many people think ah it's a false alarm based on the fact that they've said this before evacuate, pack up, get out and nothing's really happened. So do we really need to go through all of that? It's also an emotional upheaval for people. They don't want to do it. It's it's painful emotionally to think about what do I pack? What should I leave? What may I never see again? People just deny it. So I think the most important thing is to hear the warning every single time and heed it. These are officials. These are experts in the field that are telling you what to do. It is emotionally tough, but you got to get together and get out because that time you don't is going to be maybe the time you should have. A particularly heartbreaking story from this was in Staten Island where a mother
1: tried to wait out the storm, realized that she wasn't going to be able to and she packed her two young boys into her sport utility vehicle, tried to drive through the storm. The engine ended up stalling. She then took her boys out, put them on the hood of the car to try to get them above the water level, and a huge wave came, and and the wave wiped the two boys away. She swam after them trying to find them, but she wasn't able to. Um, She was saved, but I guess the two questions here are, as a as a as a mother of young boys do you have to even it's one thing to to keep yourself in a house throughout a storm but if you have two young boys do you have a a duty to them to to even be extra precautious and extra careful and also um how after a tragedy like this for her how how on earth could she possibly go on living her life and these are this is a two and a four year old boy so they obviously the decision is all is all on the pit
0: yeah I mean just hearing that I get chills and sad because, you know, she probably was doing what she thought was the right thing to do. But again, you got to go back to the very beginning. You have to listen to experts during these kinds of things. When they're telling you what to do, you got to do it. We become panicked. We become maybe thinking, well, that doesn't mean me or I have my children. I can take care of them. I can get out of this mess. And you think like in a super different kind of way, where you think you're omnipotent or you can overcome it you cannot these are forces of nature that are way way above us and before you know it you're way in over your head and literally in over your head and you can't you can't make good judgments and decisions and and panic and anxiety and think clearly so always follow the direction of an expert but nonetheless now we have another tragedy on top of it and yes I mean those boys are under the mercy and the guidance of their parents and so always make good decisions because it's not just about you that wants to stay in this house or thinks that you can handle it can you handle it for yourself and these children parenting begins with you you've got to be solid you gotta be thinking and if you have small children who are dependent on you in many many ways you gotta be thinking of that too so broad decisions it's not just about you and then now she's gotta go on without her children it's a very deep tragedy for her
1: is this a situation where the mom could be held responsible
0: well I mean I think that it's clear to see that decisions are always to be made in the best interest of a child and were these decisions made in the best interest of the child probably not but it is too late they're gone and I think that in her coping and her healing and her moving through this I think that's probably a place where she should take a look at with her professionals or whoever's going to be working with her to see how did that happen where did she think incorrectly differently and how can she move forward and think in a better different more global way but panic takes over many times for people and they just don't think clearly And this woman may have had a very solid life and panic might have just taken over so that has to be looked at now
1: what would you say to her to help her to get through this
0: what I would say to her is you know obviously I'm sorry that this has happened it's not her fault but she's gonna take the blame to her grave I'm sure and I think helping her cope with that thinking that she was doing the right thing is the only way she's ever going to cope because she wasn't trying to hurt her children. She was thinking she was protecting her children and really helping her see that and then thinking differently going forward.
1: It seems like so many people you know, who are struggling to get by these days or or just don't sort of, I guess, respect uh, a natural disaster, Their their priorities are, you know, I can't miss this day of work. I need this money. I need this. But it seems like when you when you're able to look back on something like this, even if this is gonna happen one out of every a hundred times, right. You need you need to respect it because that, yes. that one time Absolutely. is gonna change your life forever.
0: Absolutely. So yeah, you may think I need my money, I need to work, I have to have this, whatever, but at the end of the day, think a little bit longer, a little bit more broadly and say, Well, but if it did hit, what well, would be really the outcome. And I think if you do that, then you're able to see that it's going to really affect your life in different, in many different ways and probably not good ones if you go through trying to ignore the warnings. Okay, one
1: last, one last question on this. How can people go about preparing a little better for, for when a tragedy like this or a, a natural disaster like this strikes?
0: Well, I think there's many different ways from a physical perspective, getting your house and your home together as well as you as a person and getting your mindset and all that. But, I mean, there are disaster preparedness courses, websites you can go to that will really help you itemize the things within your home that you need to have, whether it's water or, you know, ideas of what you would pack so things are kind of in your mind what what to go through. But from a emotional standpoint, being able to really say that, Get yourself in the mind frame that when an expert says, I got to go, I got to go, and not to fight that. Because if you are fighting that now, do it now and figure out what that conflict is within yourself, because that's what's going to hold you back and maybe make a bad decision.
1: Uh, I know here in California, all kids have, have earthquake drill training. Right should, should parents be talking to their kids even just as they're growing up about, hey, if... If a storm comes, you know, this is what we're going to do. Is it something that they want to prepare their kids for?
0: Absolutely. You don't want to scare your child, but you want to make them realize that things can happen. You don't want to sit there and say to them, well, you know, if this ever happens, if you live in an area where things are tending to happen, you absolutely bring it up. But if it's happening and you see it and there's the storm coming or the warnings are coming or you see it coming up the coast and you're getting a couple days warning, It is important to talk about it with your children because they see it on TV, they hear it on the news, they hear you talking about it, they see and feel your anxieties about it. So bring it up and have them ask questions and really listen to to the podcast on listening and talking to your children because it'll give you the ways to be able to talk to your children but listen to what they say because hearing and listening to them during these times is 90% of what makes kids better because their anxiety is relieved by talking.
1: At the other end of the spectrum, actually, there have been a lot of um, elderly who were not able to leave their home. Right. How, can, how can they slash uh, someone who had a parent or a grandparent in an area like that, how, how can you... How can, maybe they can't get there to evacuate them, themselves. How can they... Are there, is there anything they can do?
0: Well, after the fact... There are people probably at the Red Cross or whatever reaching out, but before the fact, make sure your family member, elderly person, whoever it is that you're taking care of, somebody who is in a wheelchair maybe that isn't elderly, somebody who's not going to be able to fend for themselves, make sure they know how to reach out to people who the shelter people are in their area, make sure they know them, make sure they know how to have food on hand, or you have the connections already going so that you're not stuck in the dark, basically, without anything. I had a patient yesterday whose parents live in New York, never dawned on her that her parents don't have electricity and therefore don't have food. She just thought that they could, because they have a store down the street, she could walk down the street and get their food for them. But the store didn't have electricity either, and it didn't dawn on her. So yeah, it's very important to think now before something happens again. What things do you need in place and have in place, and if they're not, get them in place. All right, so always plan ahead, be ready. Absolutely, and never take that, uh, it couldn't happen to me attitude because it can. All right, and that applies to all natural disasters? Yeah, it applies to everything earthquakes, floods, tornadoes, you name it. I mean, it's going to hit you at some point, and you have to be prepared. And with your children after it, the biggest thing is, and for yourself, you're going to have an emotional reaction to all of this stuff. It may be delayed, or it may be immediate, or it could be both. Sleeping, looking at yourself, eating, irritability, not wanting to go to work, lack of motivation, lots of fear, more kinds of reactions from your children, anger. Depending on the age of your child, you're going to see different things. So really be aware of things and check it out. Email us, tweet us, check out Sweep, because that's going to be the biggest indicator of what's going on in your house emotionally for each one of you and as a family. So those are things that should be happening. Take a look for them, and they may be delayed. They may be happening immediately or both.
1: All right let's move on to our next article it's about a a nanny who has been accused of of murdering the kids that she yes. she's supposed to be taking care of yes um, she's worked for them for a few years, and this article sort of is told by, from the perspective of another mother and she sort of talks about how this is is all mothers' greatest fear yes when you have to leave your your children at home with someone that you you don't know as well as you would like, right? And this mother lived her worst fear because her children were murdered. What the the son actually had had said to the mom, Noreen, which is the name of the the nanny, scares me. Um, he was never hurt, but I feel like I even would say this to my mom, or, or not scares me, but I don't like her, or I wish she wouldn't go. I don't, feel comfortable, go. I don't feel comfortable. You're exactly. Right. How much weight does a mother have to put in in when a kid says something like
0: this? Well, again, I'm going to refer you back to last week's podcast. When you're talking to your children, hear them and listen to them because they're telling you how they feel. Don't discount it all the time. It doesn't mean that you have to believe everything they're saying, but listen to it and check it out because it's it, just like an animal. A child is very intuitive, and they're really connected to somebody, and if somebody isn't caring for them or giving them a good, solid feeling, they're going to verbalize it. Either they're going to show it in their behavior or they're going to talk about it. And if a child is showing you or telling you that they're not comfortable, check it out. There's a reason. Are there
1: any particular warning signs or questions that, that parents should be asking nannies when they're interviewing them to oh, hire them? Absolutely.
0: I mean, this nanny, I think these parents flew to this woman's country and spent time with her. They, so, they spent time like, with their family, yeah. You know, to that extent, you still don't know somebody. That's a proving, That's a proof to you that no matter what you do, sometimes you just don't know anybody. And the other important thing to realize is that in this specific case, you're taking somebody out of their culture, out of their country. You're bringing them to a whole nother culture, another country with no connection to maybe their family or their life or whatever. That's going to have a mental health impact on somebody. And to be aware of that kind of stuff because you're going to take somebody and they're going to have a reaction. And that reaction may play itself out in a way that may not be the most comfortable as we see in this case. So there are questions. You want to know where they've been in the past. You want references. Even if you have an agency that you've engaged to hire these people and they license them or they check them out from a criminal background perspective, you still need to spend time with these people. Watch them with your children watch them with your children see how they interact with your children ask your children how do they feel how do they they feel they're being cared for what are their thoughts and feelings about being with this person observe talk look at records yes we can not ask people if they have a mental health history or a health history or a background or are on medication but you can certainly observe respect their privacy but learn a lot by talking and listening to your children
1: uh... this article talks about I've actually never even heard about this, but but nanny cams a little bit, and obviously they're not. It's not a perfect science. It, they can't see into a person's soul. No, but um, but that's. It seems like a sort of a good idea.
0: Absolutely, behavior speaks, especially when you're not around. So if you want to check on people, make sure your nanny knows that the nanny cam is on. It, some people don't want to do that, and they want to, you know, and they have that right to check without letting the other person know. But I think that they're a great idea because you get an eye, eyesight into something because behavior speaks. Somebody can be great to you, but when they're alone with your child, maybe they other things come up for them, and they act on it. So behavior speaks. I have many nannies who have had bad histories themselves as children, and when they're taking care of kids, it's very difficult for them to take care of kids because their own stuff comes up. So, I mean— You got to take a look. You got to keep your eye on it. Just because you have help doesn't mean that relinquishes you from the responsibilities of keeping your child safe as a parent. It seems like I'm always asking you how someone can cope with a a
1: horrible tragedy in their life. But what on earth can these, the parents of this, of these kids, what can they do to kind of get back to some semblance of, well of the life they have i
0: think it's it's important that they understand what happened they grieve they go through the mourning process and understand it get some help and guidance through that because if they don't it can really mess up more the rest of their life than what they're going to feel and to get the best outcome get through the grief process the mourning process and then move forward and learn how to forgive themselves because that's going to be the biggest thing for them to forgive themselves for what they think they let happen which they didn't but they have to forgive themselves. And we have a great podcast on that, so take a listen. But forgiveness is not forgiveness of others, it's forgiveness of yourself.
1: And I don't know if I actually was, was totally clear on this. One of the children actually actually lived through the attack. And, right. and so what would what, that child, what would you say to, to them? Well,
0: depending on the age of that child, they're gonna have some traumatic events and PTSD probably. So the sooner the treatment, the better and the more pervasive it is, the better, but it also doesn't mean we're gonna label this child, we're gonna watch this child, so give a little bit of an assessment, take a look, see where they're at, and kind of watch them as they go through their life because children are very resilient from a mental health perspective, and I wouldn't layer them with treatment, but I would definitely do an observation and assessment.
1: All right, Um, okay, moving on to our last and um, more humorous article. A Nebraska third grader dresses in character every day of school. Yeah. She never uses the same character. She 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 talks differently, she dresses differently. She really she I don't know if she's a little actress but she she takes on the role of this character and she does it every day never wearing the same thing, never doing the same thing. Now this is it, it is a cute it's a cute fun story but um for, for, for someone like you well, looking at this is it not, is it not quite as is it not quite as cute for you
0: it's not quite as cute for me because i think it's telling us something i don't know why or how the school handles that and does it disrupt their class does it disrupt her ability to function is she whatever character but still focused on her work and and performing appropriately academically because i think from a different perspective if depending on the answers to those questions is she hiding from something? Does she need to be somebody to gain attention? Or is she so ashamed of something that she's hiding behind a mask and, and it's easier for her to cope and be somebody else? But those are the things that need to be taken a look at. And then of course, take a look at her sweep and see what's going on at home, how she's sleeping, how she's interacting. Because her emotional world and her mental health stability depend on what is the meaning of this constant need to dress up and be hiding behind something. Her mom says
1: that not all of her characters are obvious or distracting, which minimizes their potential to disturb a classroom. But just the fact that her mom is sort of sort of defending her daughter right. and saying not all of them. Right, but do some think, of them are. So of course, yeah, exactly. But that's, at the end of the day, amazing. they
0: all are on some level. Some are probably doing it more than others. But yeah. the bottom line is, why is she doing this? And why does she need to do this? And not that it's a bad thing, but I think that for a... Future of this child, and to understand if there are any th- issues that need to be addressed, it should be understood why she's doing it. Does she need to do it, and why and how is it incorporated into her every day?
1: You want me to give you a few of the people that she's dressed up as, and you can tell me if you think you can, sure. you can get to the bottom. Okay, of, here we <laughs> go. Uh, Harriet Tubman, and she said, "I like her because she led people on the Underground Railroad. She was a slave. I know how she helped twenty-six people and risked her life for them." Okay. Helen Keller. I like how she never gave up on learning, and she kept trying until she learned how to read Braille. Rosa Parks, she said she had enough of it. She stayed in her seat on the bus. That was her way of saying, no way, this is not fair, and I don't like it. Anne Frank, I think we're already developing a little bit of a, a pattern here. Yep. People just think she's the person who hid behind the door, but she had to move three times. You've got to do what you have to do. And then Jane Adams, who was an activist, It's good to do what you have to do to help people, especially those in need.
0: Well, I mean, you see that these are all people, specifically women, who have done great things for the world. So maybe, who knows, maybe mom has a project at home where she's teaching her daughter about women who have changed the world to empower her daughter to move forward. I don't know. We need to figure that out. Like we said, why and how she's doing it and what the need is driven by. But as long as it's not disruptive, it's certainly teaching her and her classmates about who these people are. So it may not be a bad thing but it needs to be looked at.
1: She seems very she seems very quick for uh, for an 8 year old.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So maybe it's a good thing, but she, we'd still need to check it out. She
1: does is there a responsibility of the parent at I mean at what age is at hi, in high school she's she's going to get she's going to start getting bullied at some point for doing
0: Why? This. She may not be. She may grow out of this. She may learn what she wants to learn and you know, she clearly wants the world to see these people and highlight them.
1: Well, I'm saying if she grows out of it, then obviously, then that. But if she went to my high school and she was doing this every day, she would be picked on. Why? Because she's different and people that are different and people that are animated and and do this. They they stand out. They stand out, exactly. Right.
0: But she'll have to learn to deal with the bullying because she's got an individual piece to herself that maybe is uncomfortable to others. But that's part of the whole bullying process to learn not to be bullied or how to handle it so you don't cave in and end up hurting yourself or others
1: and I think as we talked about on the last podcast we did where we we had that article on bullying she seems like someone who actually might not be able to be bullied because she's so strong
0: right exactly and that's what she's doing by showing and highlighting role models of females who are strong and believed in themselves and still persevered and moved through it
1: if you're the mom do you let her grow out of it or do you do you step in at some point
0: I would not step in. I would probably let her go as long as it's not disruptive to her class and she's learning and she's thriving and her sweep is intact. I'd let my kid be happy.
1: All right. That sounds good. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Sophie. Thank you.
0: So I want to thank you all for listening and calling in and giving me your thoughts and your opinions and your emails and your questions. They're all very provoking and very helpful. I want to remind you all, podcasts are available on my website, www.drsophie.com, or on and or on iTunes. And my new phone app is going to be coming out very soon. We're working very hard on it, loading it up with great content and great little surprises for you. So keep your eye out. Voicemails always work on 24-7, 767 4966 The book, Side by Side, the revolutionary mother-daughter program for conflict-free communication is available at most bookstores and online. Always follow me on Twitter and Facebook for any updates, podcasts, anything interesting that's happening in my life. Visit iTunes to download the full version of Andy Grammer's Keep Your Head Up. And most importantly, don't forget to sweep. But you gotta keep your head up, oh, and you can let your head down, hey. you gotta keep your head up. Your head down,
1: hey, I know it's hard.